0: Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to Souls Undressed. This is episode 008, and I'm your host, Tori Rankovich. Today, we are diving into the topic of depression. And I am very excited to dive into this because I've chosen to go about this episode in a different way or, um, in a similar way that I have to past episodes, but in a different light and, um, to a deeper extent. But I do want to say before we get any further, just as I've said in past episodes, I am not a mental health professional. I can only ever speak to you from the experience of myself and from the experiences of others who have submitted their thoughts to me, uh, with the understanding that I'm going to be talking about them in this episode or in future episodes, um, And I believe that they, as well as I, have done so, um, to just create some conversation about the ways that everyday people are feeling, uh, so that listeners can really, a know they're not alone. B, get a better understanding for um, maybe a fuller picture of what depression is than they may have previously had, and C, understand that there is a community of a whole variety of walks of life who deal with the fallout, deal with the, um, the effects, the after effects, the just complete emotional turmoil sometimes that comes with mental health struggles, depression, anxiety, things of the sorts. So today's episode is going to dive into depression specifically. And like I had started to say at the beginning, I went about creating this episode a bit differently. I knew I wanted to do some group research because... Depression is so different from person to person, it manifests itself differently, it looks different from household to household, human to human. In my opinion, it's a spectrum disorder, it's a spectrum feeling and experience. Even if you've never heard it referred to as that, that's what it is in my experience and what I have seen um, and dealt with in my own personal life. Um, And I say that because not only do my experiences and the intensity of my experiences range from other people that I know um, or differ from other people that I know, um, it also differs and ranges for myself um, from bout to bout of different depressive episodes or depressive feelings, um, they they range in intensity depending on what's going on in my life, they range in intensity depending on how well I'm taking care of myself, what my workload looks like, what my um, personal life looks like, whether it be with family, with friends, etc. Um, it just looks do- so different all the time and that was really one of the reasons that drove me toward wanting to create this episode is I think that There are so many times that people's struggles are overlooked by themselves and by others because they think that their struggles are lesser than other people that they know or um, they're less deserving of care or time or space or love or treatment than other people that they know because their depression manifests, manifests itself differently, whether it be physically or mentally and emotionally. Um, But because of the variety of emotions and physical feelings and manifestations of depression or those depressive bouts, um, I've decided to share what it looks like and feels like for me and then also, like I said, those people who submitted their own experiences on Instagram. Um, So I will make sure that you know when I'm sharing my own experiences and when I'm sharing the experiences of others Um, And the way that I've written my notes in, I've also at the end of everyone else's experiences then also included some more ways that I feel um, those lows or those feelings of sadness or emptiness or uh, longing for any sort of feeling at all. Um, Before we dive into today's quote, I have to give a major shout out to my transcriber and podcast assistant, Maggie, um, for introducing me to the author of the poetry that I will be referencing. Um, I believe it's all of the poetry I'll be referencing today um, because this woman, Hannah Bloom, is complete magic. Um, I hope that you'll find her on Instagram. I will make sure she's tagged in the quote when I share it, um, but without further ado, Hannah's poem called My Child and Me. When I feel lost, I visit myself as a child. I say to her, sweet soul, you are pure, you are kind, just born with a different mind. Do not be sad, this mind does not make you bad. It gives you power, It's from this place that you'll bloom like a flower. Storms will come your way, but it will all be okay. And one day you'll see that broken is where you'll finally be free. Sweet soul, you are never alone. And I will tell you a secret. It's in Lost We Find a Home. By Hannah Bloom. This quote in particular resonates so, 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 so hard with me because I remember growing up and just having so many feelings. I remember sitting in my bedroom by myself because I was so overwhelmed emotionally and I would just sit there with my legs curled up to me, arms wrapped around them, resting my chin on my knees or resting my cheeks on my knees and just being so overwhelmed with the amount of emotion that I had and the amount of feeling in my chest that I had and I could always tell that I felt more and most often experienced more feelings and at a deeper level than a lot of my humans my age and sometimes I even noticed that I was feeling those things deeper than humans older than me which I think as a kid is just so kind of shocking at first because you think that adults just have it all figured out all the time. Um, But I love the way that Hannah addresses her younger self here and the way it really acknowledges the fact that when we have those feelings of depression, we have those inward deep sad emotions, oftentimes there is an inner voice and Um, especially after hearing it from my therapist, it's hard not to think of that voice as your inner child who is just voicing your needs and vocalizing what it is that you're missing or what you're lacking or what you could really benefit from um, partaking in or experiencing or doing for yourself. Uh, Another quote by Hannah. The person you believe you should be Is nowhere as beautiful as the person you are. And then these are the words that Hannah wrote below her poetry this time, and these hit me just as hard as her poem, so I wanted to share those too. My moment of peace came when I stopped running toward the person I believed I was supposed to be the one without a mental illness, the one who was completely put together and fixed and started my journey toward the person I was always meant to be, me. The best you is always the present you, regardless of your circumstances, regardless if you're high or low, you have pockets full or dry. The best you is reading this line, or in your case, listening. This is the truth about broken. I adore that quote. I think that it really hit me where I was when I decided that this episode really needed to come to fruition. I avoided recording it when I was in my kind of depressive, uh, emotional low. I thought that I would just talk and talk and talk uh, if I was speaking straight from that place of um, rough emotion. So, Without further ado, let's just dive right into episode 008 on depression. Don't that feel real funky, y'all? You're listening to The Soul's Undressed Podcast with your host, Tori Rankovich. If you're ready to bear it all, strip away the stigmas, and get down to business with thought-provoking conversations and all the raw reflections to help you ride life's waves, then you found your one-stop shop, honey. It's time to dive into an episode full of endless tips and tricks for the go-getter and soulful lover. So... What does depression look like for me? Your host, Tori Rinkovich. I'm going to bring it back a little bit to when I really became aware of my feelings, uh, kind of diving toward that word depression that we hear, but that we never really know um, whether it applies to us or not. I think that we often doubt ourselves uh, when we feel things that... um are intense or maybe steer away from the norm, quote unquote, norm, whatever that is, the, what we think it is. Um, but for me, I really noticed it in college. And I was going through quite a few different big life changes in college, um, which I'll just kind of go into a little bit because I think that it's important to recognize the different things that can trigger. These lows or these shifts in our headspaces. Um, so, I the junior my junior year of high school was when my brother passed away, second semester, and then the following, I went through. I dated a guy um, about two or three months after my brother died, who was just very toxic. Um, he had been through a lot of emotional trauma and um, life trauma of his own and had never been given any help for coping with that or processing through his feelings and emotions for that. So uh, really, we were just two broken kids trying to um, fill a bunch of gaps with each other. Um, And it was just a very intense relationship it happened really, really quickly. We both dove headfirst in uh, against all signs that we should not, um, and it was intense emotionally. That got then got intense, um, very mentally and emotionally abusive. A lot of um, a lot of games, head games, and stuff like that. Um, so then, after I finally got out of that relationship, it was like on and off for that year. Um, I wasn't going to therapy or anything yet. Um, He, the guy, wasn't going to therapy either. He then joined the military, which I think then just, like, completely multiplied his pain and suffering and struggle and trauma especially. Um, So that was a shit show, to say the least. Um, But right after that, I met, um, not right after, but a few months after. It was pretty quickly. I was definitely in a hot space of just, like, band-aiding, 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 uh, for sure, but, um, I met my now husband the following year after that in the spring, and, um, I was enrolled at ISU to go away to school, so Illinois State University, about an hour, uh, about an hour-ish away from where I live now, and, um, About two weeks before I left for college, my mom, my stepdad, and my stepbrother moved away to Florida. Uh, So that was, at the time when it happened initially, it was not something that I thought was going to really affect me, Um, but if you've lost someone in your life, you know that the first like year to three years after you lose them um, are usually the toughest uh, in your head, you go through a lot of like thinking you've like conquered all of these emotions and then realizing you're not shit and then thinking that you're good again and then realizing that you're still heartbroken and um a lot of like back and forth things like that so that was just a tough year in general and then um my mom my stepdad and my stepbrother moved away uh 13 to 15 hour drive away um and that was two weeks before I moved away to school so then I went to college and um I feel like college is either like a really, really amazing time in life for people or it's a really um, rough time for people. And I think that it can be rough for a variety of reasons, Um, but I think honestly my opinion is usually if it's really rough, it's probably um, because there's a lot of like exploration of yourself going on, um, whether it be... Your mental health issues coming to the surface because you aren't around the people that you've always had to kind of numb or distract with, or whether it's weight and you don't do well with that, or whether it's drinking often and falling into an addictive behavior with drinking or drugs, or I think Adderall, things like that, whether you're starting those drugs because you like partying or you're starting those drugs because you're trying to keep up with your workload. Um, there are so many different things that kind of fall into place in college that weren't previously factors in your life. Um, for me, it was being away from my support system, AKA what I distracted myself with. It was my diet changing, um, pretty drastically, and, um, starting to see different intolerances and things like that popping up my anxiety completely skyrocketed um which then I think when you have anxiety and you don't know what it is or how to process it or how to handle it or cope with it it then leads to these feelings of emptiness and uh the the deeper lows after the anxious highs so I think that's kind of for me where the the co uh I don't know the word for it, but when the depression and the anxiety started kind of setting in together. But for me in college, depression looked like um, feeling out of place always, no matter what was going on, no matter who I was around, no matter what building I was in, whether it was classes, parties, um, out to eat with friends. I just always felt like I was out of place. Um, I was sad often. Which, like I said, I was going through a lot of changes, um, or kind of, like, going through a lot of different forced acceptance, I guess you could call it. Um, so I think that kind of played into it, um, but it also looked like wanting to quit school a lot. And when I say a lot, I mean a lot. Like, I look back and I was very unhappy, so... That was kind of what it looked like for me in college. Post-college, I started teaching right away. And it was interesting for me to see the way that that depression kind of shifted uh, characteristics and the ways that it looked once I started teaching. Um, You go through this kind of identity shift when you take on a job Um, that works with people like that I think and even not even just jobs that work with people but jobs where you feel really important or you feel really needed um it kind of becomes your whole identity so it was interesting when every bit of my identity relied on how I felt as a teacher um and yet I still didn't feel like I belonged in the buildings that I was in so um So what it looked like for me as a teacher or right out of college was feeling like I was so cut out for what I was um, doing with my heart but not feeling like I belonged physically within the space that I was in. Regardless of whether I had friends that I taught with or not, I did in each building that I was in. um, Just a lot of like head games with myself of like, oh, I don't belong here. It also looked like going through like one, two, three week stints feeling so run down where I would have constant anxiety about whether or not I was doing enough. I would constantly be overcompensating for my low energy levels, which would then only just wear me out even more. I had so much self-doubt in everything that I did, which I think was only fueled by my lack of energy because I usually was only trying to keep up, let alone be able to go above and beyond, which is very, very highly sought after as a teacher um, or sought for by administration for your teachers. It's just the way that our evaluation models work and the way that our mindset kind of just has to be in that setting. Um, And all of that overworking and overcompensating led to constantly feeling run down when I was at home, which was really hard for me because <clears throat> if you're a teacher or you've worked in that setting, you understand that when you get home, it's really the time where you wish you could shut off and kind of refuel. Um, but also, if you're a teacher, you probably understand that it's very hard to do that. Um So I eventually chose to leave teaching for a variety of different reasons. Um, But now that I am self-employed at home, I naively went into that thinking I will be my own boss, I'll be able to make my own hours, I get to decide what's going on, I'll be able to keep better, um, I guess control was what my mind was telling me, I'll be able to keep better control. When I am self-employed. But now what my depression looks like. Now that I work from home. um, It looks like taking really long breaks. Away from people. And editing. Um, Which if you know anything about being a photographer. That's pretty much the whole job. Is interacting with people. And editing the work that you shoot. Um, I've noticed since kind of processing the ways that I come out of my depressive bouts, um, being around people for shoots actually pulls me through that kind of depressive spurt and brings me like out on top of that. Um, But communicating with people is something that I just do not do well with when I'm feeling really low. And That's something that I'm working on accepting and um, just kind of acknowledging as a weakness of my own as far as my business goes. Uh, I've been having a lot of conversations like strategizing with one of my business assistants and um, we've just been working on like lots of conversations about um, delegating and understanding who is good at what and um, not feeling shame over the things that I don't do well at or that I don't um consistently value when my mental health is a struggle um but honestly being able to acknowledge that is such a huge step for me because there's been so much shame and avoidance and um just completely like self depletion because of my resistance to doing certain things when I am feeling down Um, so I'm very happy To be in a place where I can talk about um, the parts of my business that struggle when my mental health kind of kicks in, but also being able to acknowledge as a business owner that I can still create support for that area and still be able to support my clientele um, and my people when I'm not feeling well enough to support them personally. Um, it also looks like near constant guilt sometimes because of feeling like I'm letting my clients down. Um, if you've had work done by me, you know that, or maybe you don't, but some of you know that my timelines don't always stay on track. Um, this is something that I'm not even close to mastering. So I hope when you're listening to these things, you understand that I'm speaking to you from a vulnerable place of like, these are my downfalls. Um, I, I've said this before, maybe not on the podcast, so I'll say it again, but if you've heard me say it before, sorry for sounding like a broken record, but I will not touch your work when I am in a bad place. Uh, we create something very, very special when we shoot together, um, during our sessions and I have pushed myself to edit early on in my career um, when I was in terrible head spaces and I felt so ashamed of the work that I put out. Um, And some some clients won't notice, uh, but others will. Uh, People book with me. I think some of them book with me because they just really like how my photos might look, but others book with me because they can feel the heart and soul that I put into the photos that I put out. And If I'm in a bad place, I can't put heart and soul into your photos because I don't have heart and soul present at the surface in me. Um, And that is why my depression rocks my ass when it hits me because I am so deeply driven by my heart and soul and my energy and my happiness and my zest for like the goofy ass shit in life. And when I'm sad, I don't have access to that part of me, it's not readily available. So, Definitely looks like guilt with me as far as a business owner goes. Um, Being a business owner goes when my depression kicks in because of not being able to serve up what I feel like my clients are worthy of. Um, But also right off of that, it looks like feeling unworthy. Um, I watch other photographers who I'm so inspired by Kick out work so quickly. So many photographers do sneak peeks uh, for their clients. And it, honestly, if you're a client of mine listening and you're wondering why I don't do that, I don't do sneak peeks because I can't serve you with them consistently. There are so many shoots where I come home and I'm excited and my husband is busy that evening and I want to or I'm feeling inspired to edit some sneak peeks. But if I can't do that for every client, I don't want to do that for some. Uh, I don't ever want someone to feel like I value their session or what we created any less because I didn't get them sneak peeks. Um, and if you have struggles with your mental health, you know that there's just a real struggle with consistency and I don't ever want to make people feel less than or valued any less by me or, um, any less worthy of something from me because I couldn't come through and serve them up with the same thing I served up other clients. So that's why I personally don't do sneak peeks and that kind of leads into me having more guilt when my timelines do get set off because I know that there are people who don't have work yet from me. Um, But I just have to trust that in following my heart and sticking to my gut in this, I am also advocating for a wider um, perspective and understanding of mental health. And I'm able to, for better or worse, represent what depression looks like in entrepreneurship and in the photography realm. Um, But also I hope that in that I also represent what soul looks like in the entrepreneurship and photography realm because I refuse to serve you up anything That's not my whole soul in the work that I give you. Um, So enough about me. I'm going to dive into what my listeners have submitted on Instagram um, to share what their depression looks like and how it manifests in them. And I think that my hopes are that this can help maybe help you recognize depression or low, sad feelings in your loved ones um, or maybe in yourself. Um, I hope that it helps you create more space and hold a neutral, non judgmental space for those people in your lives. Um, and I hope it maybe just also helps you feel less alone if you're someone who does struggle. Depression looks like sleeping all the time, having no sex drive, eating too much or not at all, crying a lot, overeating. Feeling like there's no will or energy to exist. Feeling empty and dark. Again, not eating. Not going outside. Working constantly around the clock to avoid engaging. Depression looks like and sounds like silence becoming overwhelmingly loud. It looks like sitting on my bed for hours, thinking of what I should be doing but feeling cemented down. It looks like and sounds like always thinking, I don't want to be here, no matter where I am. It looks like and feels like extreme exhaustion, often paired with anxiety because of whatever it is that I'm not doing. Avoidance of responsibilities. Letting texts and DMs build up. Social isolation Because you just can't find any words to say to anyone. Emotional eating. For me, my emotional eating is often something sweet followed by something salty. It looks like days flying by because I feel stuck. And the only thing I can remember thinking about by the end of the day besides how empty I feel Was what I want to eat. So, I share these things with you because there's a lot of things in here listed more than once. And some of these things listed are things that I said, but a lot of them aren't. A lot of these things I read and I was like, oh shit, that's something that applies to me too. But there are other things that I don't experience. And I know there are things that aren't in this list, that others experience. I also want to touch on why I think that empaths specifically um, and people who have experienced trauma in the past, whatever trauma it might be or whatever it might look like, uh, I think they experience depression really deep, even without being clinically diagnosed, because feelings so many feelings with the abundance of feelings that empaths and people who have experienced deep trauma and deep hardships in the past already feel those sad emotional bouts hit just so hard as the crest of your other emotions are breaking it's super hard to grab on to those happy feelings when small moments trigger sad ones. Um, I think when you have triggers that are more prevalent, it's obviously easier to be triggered into remembering those sad feelings more easily, right? So I want to, before moving on to the How Can I Help segment, talk on how I try to move myself through this, through my emotional, my deeply sad uh, bouts of depression. For me, the most consistent help tip that I've found is choosing a reset day. This was unintentional for me, or maybe intentionally uh, provoked by my therapist. I never know with her ways. But we chose a rest day for me from my workflow. And I chose Mondays uh, for obvious reasons because I think that people are so used to Mondays sucking that they just settle into that. So I chose a rest day uh, to remove all expectations from me. So any time on a Monday that I feel my brain thinking, oh, I should be doing this, I'm not allowed to do it. This day is for me to just completely reset and recharge and recenter with myself. I try to focus on stretching. I try to focus on meditating. I always um, focus, particularly on Mondays, to try to keep my journal nearby. So if thoughts come to mind, I can just write them down. Um, if I am staying on top of it, I will read on Mondays, but I've not been doing very well with that. Um I do lots of podcast listening on Mondays and cleaning my space, which in the beginning I thought I was supposed to avoid, but I've realized makes me feel even more refreshed and just zend out to the max when I have those rest days and I can end those with a clean space. I usually try to ground myself in some company, And if I can't do that physically, I will turn on those podcasts and that helps my brain start moving and processing. I uh, also, outside of rest days, I try to help my support systems better understand myself and my triggers and my emotions. Um, I do this by sharing my feelings, regardless of whether those feelings feel good, regardless of whether they look good. Um, I feel like the better my support system can understand what I'm going through The better they can both recognize when i'm slipping and the better they can support me so i would love to dive into some additional resources which i'm also going to mix in with our how can i help segment so i first want you to consider looking into a therapist If you're listening as someone who knows someone in your life who deals with deep depression, um, I don't want you to go looking for a therapist for them. uh, And I want you to be very careful about how you recommend this to them. But maybe the next time that person opens up to you about their feelings, um, first hold space with them, for them. um, Non-judgmental space. Don't go right into giving them your own recommendations. I want you to first just go into listening sitting with them, letting them know that they're seen, that they're heard, and that you are there for them, especially if they know what it is that they need. If that person doesn't know what they need, this is your opportunity to recommend maybe looking into some therapists in the area, maybe reaching out to other people in their lives who struggle with mental health problems or um, different issues that maybe are similar to their struggles, uh, who can recommend therapist that they like Um, if someone doesn't want to recommend their therapist to you please don't be upset sometimes people get weird with therapists and they just want them for themselves Uh, try your best to be understanding about that Um, also if you or someone you know has found a therapist and they are not someone that they totally love or feel safe with or comfortable with commit to switching again and again until the fit feels just right Seriously, this is not something that you should just settle on or give in on. Finding the right therapist should feel like dating. I want them to feel comfortable. I want them to feel easy to talk to. You are not going to get your money's worth and your time's worth and your trust's worth out of a therapist if you don't feel safe, comfortable, and confident talking with them. It also finds to helps to find a therapist who... Um, is comfortable making themselves available in minor emergencies um, whether that be panic attacks or uh, when you feel yourself building up to those types of settings or emotions. Um, If you can find someone who makes themselves available when you're not in session that can be really beneficial. Um, For women, if you are someone who is dealing with depressive lows and you're not really sure why or um, they're kind of like a more recent onset, even if they're not a more recent onset, I encourage you to track your cycle um, so that you can prepare each month for those natural rise and falls of, rises and falls of your uh, hormone levels. I have noticed that um, for me personally, I am more likely to fall into a really um, high anxiety, um, anxious, worried, depressive feeling before my cycle and at the very end I fall into a very, very run down, very low motivation, very low energy, depressive low uh, toward the very end because of my levels being depleted and my body needing to refuel itself and kind of just take time to heal and rebuild and kind of process that new um kind of new body that you got going on your skin your hair everything regenerates so often that you just have to give yourself time and space when uh your body is asking for it and it usually asks for it by slowing down and making you feel like shit so just know if you already feel like shit the uh, the regeneration is probably already happening, and you should just hold space for yourself. Drink lots of water, give yourself rest, and hold space. Um, moving on from that, I also suggest taking time to process the thoughts that are coming through internally. Um, whether those are just the intuitive little voice in your voices in your head, um, or the thoughts you have right before bed or when you first wake up. I encourage you to write those down if it helps, um, if it helps them stick or kind of helps you process them. Sitting with your thoughts that are already coming from within are going to be the quickest way for you to understand what it is that you need. Um, I was talking at the beginning of the episode with the quote about your inner child and how you can look at that voice of kind of, I should go get a drink. I really could use a snack right now. I'm hungry. Uh, Just those little voices that kind of pop in and help you think about what you're wanting or what you're desiring right now. Um, If you sit with those things and journal those thoughts, that could really help you process what it is that um, can help you move through those feelings at the time. It seems crazy, but try it. I just encourage you to try it you might be surprised how much journaling those thoughts can help. Another thing, whether you are the person dealing with the depressive thoughts and feelings or you're someone loving that person, go outside, go for a walk, go sit on your front step. Whether you bring a book or you just sit down, go sit outside and just take in nature. You would be so amazed at how interesting and or how peaceful mother earth and nature and just this life's existences while we're so busy just like surviving and going through the motions. Go sit outside, even if it's especially if it's sitting on the ground, and just ground yourself in the fact that we are so lucky to exist in such a beautiful space, even when our hearts and our heads and our minds, our bodies and our souls and our surroundings feel like chaos. I also encourage you to listen to some good upbeat music turn on a self-care podcast or an educational podcast maybe it's just like a funny easy to listen to podcast but do something to uplift your mood because i'm gonna end with this when you're run down and you're in a rut and you're just not sure how to move yourself forward you have to change your current Just like a battery's energy flow, you have to disrupt the current, change it up, and recenter yourself. You have to be the person that chooses to change something in your day-to-day, in whatever it is that's going on, whatever you got flowing through you, whatever bad juju, sad feelings, negative lack of feelings and motivation... I want you to do something to make a change up and switch up that energy. Listen to music, call a friend, get outside, sit and touch your husband, your wife, your girlfriend, your best friend, hold hands, run through the park, run through the rain, change it up, jolt your energy into something else that isn't what you're currently processing when you're feeling empty. And then come reflect with me about it you're always welcome to shoot me a dm and be like heck yeah girl i feel you on that let's hit each other up for some accountability next time we're feeling like this i am so down i am so thankful to have this space here that i can just talk with you guys and really dive into these feelings that i know so many of us are processing and just are unsure of how to feel Um, or what to do about. Like I said at the beginning, I am not a mental health professional and I have invested in them and they are amazing and I strongly encourage you to do that for yourself. Um, But most importantly, go back and listen through this episode, grab a notebook and jot some stuff down. Take some tools with you from this episode and from your experiences that you are already going through and just let your own heart and soul be the guide. Listen to what it is that your mind and body are saying to you and um, do something to hold space and give care. You are so beautiful. You are so worthy. You are so much enough that it is stupid. And you have it in you to create Feelings of worthiness. We just have to consciously take control and shift our energy around, slosh it around, shake it up, and roll the dice and just throw it back out there and try again. And you know what? If it doesn't work, call another girlfriend, call another boyfriend, call your mama, call your daddy, call your siblings, and try the fuck again. Because you can do it. We can all do it. I'm here. I'm thankful that you're here. I value the fact that you're here. I love you. I hope you enjoyed and benefited from this episode. If you did, please let me know in a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Let me know in my DMs on Instagram or on the Facebook page at Souls Undressed Podcast Community on Facebook, Souls Undressed Podcast on Instagram. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to infinity beyond and back for being here and sharing this time and space and energy with me i love you so much i am sending so many warm healing vibes your way until next week